When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Years and years and years from now, um, you know, when when Fran Tarkenton's grandkids talk about his relationship with Bud Grant, they're going to still say, you know, he never yell and scream, uh, but he always was uh, the best leader that they've ever been around. And if you couldn't play for Bud Grant, you couldn't play. Um, I, I like to pride myself on trying to attempt to have that sort of authenticity, that sort of humility every day leading an organization uh, like Bud Grant did at the highest of levels for so long. Connell speaking at the Bud Grant Public Memorial at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. Well, I have a, a quick anecdote about that in a second here, but this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die, and that I think when Bud died a while back, what was it, like a month ago now, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. a couple months. Uh, ago. I think it, it carries extra weight, you know, when you think about the one of the icons in franchise history, and uh, he made it into his mid-90s but still never got to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl. So some cool content if you weren't able to go. There's a bunch of video clips that are circulating on Viking social media, so kind of a cool deal. Just a quick shout-out to our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space. All with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. Judd has four big headline OTA storylines to monitor. And you'll be at practice tomorrow, right? Yes. Yes, it starts today. OTA is the first, I think, the Vikings are having nine of them start today. But our access tomorrow. So I will have more after that. So they have, yeah, it's like the next two, two and a half weeks, they have nine. Um, and how many are open for media? Um, I think three are open for media. And, and then, of course, they end the, their program for the offseason with a mandatory mini camp. And the good thing about that, all three days required to be open for our prying eyes to see everything going field on. Glasses? Field glasses might be in play. The smaller ones, of course. Oh, wow. The field glasses might the be in play. Because you got to see both fields. But there's two. There's at least two w- with all the players there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a sprawling lens. Yeah. yeah, it's just around yeah. your neck. Is that just thing you're carrying, or is it in your pocket that you just kind of whip out? Like, what, what, what do you where do you well, rack those field glasses? I don't like to use the word in my pocket and whip out because I feel like that presents mm. an image that people don't need to hear. But yes, probably that. Probably in my <laughs> pocket, and then I just I just take them out, and but we'll see. I, I got to get the lay of the land tomorrow, and then I will. I'll potentially reassess for the rest of the open OTAs after that. 
So you're not the only one that's sort of scouting these things. Uh, my wife and I were getting lunch. This must have been, well, I guess, it, when, when was the Bud Grant thing? Yesterday, right? So this yeah. was Saturday. My wife and I are getting lunch over at Dayblock off like Washington oh, and 11th. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Dayblock. And Thanks. we're sitting outside. It's a beautiful day, sunshine, right? Old Macadac's birthday. I had a little birthday lunch. Happy right. birthday, yeah. Yeah. Time. yeah, thank you. And um, a convertible drives by on 11th. And I was like, that man looked a lot like Patrick James Royce in his, and I knew he had a convertible down in Florida. I wasn't sure if they shipped it back or if he got rid of the condo and the convertible. I just see him driving. I was like, okay, did he forget what day? Why would he be down here? The Bud Grant thing's not till tomorrow. And so I texted him. And I said, what are the chances that uh, the old man and the convertible driving around Washington and 11th was Patrick James Ricey? He goes, uh, yep, that was me. I drove down to scout the parking situation in the garage for the Bud Grant Memorial on Sunday. He made a, a scouting trip That's down awesome. to see, because he probably doesn't go to many Vikings games, right? Judd, didn't, he, he, didn't he do that for the yeah, Diamond okay. Awards, too, in like a three <laughs> months he? ago? <laughs> yes, he, t- he probably was did. telling him about it, but right before you did his, where we did the speech and stuff, he was like, I came down here to scout the parking yesterday, but couldn't what, find anything. What garage did he park in? I don't, I don't remember, but I, I, <laughs> I now I'm remember. having deja vu that Phil's saying, and I was like, wait a minute, he's told me this story before. Right. Very diligent. So, anyways, uh, glad he found parking, and uh, glad people made their way out to the Bud Grant Memorial. And, yes, this is daily Vikings content for you, even in the May, June, July months where it's supposedly dead. We've got all sorts of practices. We've got all sorts of theme weeks set up for the summer here that we will go into. And today's theme is Judd's biggest OTA storylines. The off-season practice regimen starts this week. Let's count them down. What's your biggest storyline? Are, are these like ranked or are they just no, like they're four just four, storylines? They're, they're, four they're, important, they're four important ones. But here's why th- this is actually important too, okay? Because I'm sure that there are people, as we're still in late May, rolling their eyes right now. Like Purple Daily. Yeah, you guys got to do a show every day. You're just making up, you know, storylines. What are storylines this time of year? Oh, no, no, no. Au contraire. Storylines this time of year can be incredibly important. And here is why. Dude, yeah. There is limited time. There is limited time with players to do actual installation on the field, okay? And just to be clear, OTAs, you are not allowed to hit. So, like, this is not tackle. This is not helmets on constantly. Nothing like that. But what this does is this is called, and I'm not joking, not being a smartass, phase three of the offseason program. Phase three. Football. Now, phase two, you can get on the field and you can have, like, individual work and stuff. But there is no seven-on-seven allowed, no nine-on-seven, and most importantly, no full team in phase two. In phase three, we graduate to where you can actually do work in team drills, seven-on-seven, nine-on-seven. And while they can't hit, this is where the installation really starts to come together. And believe me now, when teams show up for camp, when training camp starts... Installation, even though this portion is voluntary, has been done, and there is a significant thought process that you will remember it as well. So, you know, long gone are the days of, well, training camp starting, time to get in shape and install our offense or our defense. Things are done. And so these storylines are incredibly important because of that. And need I remind you that when training camp 2022 opened at TCO, Lewis Seen had already lost the starting safety job. 
That decision was made off of these workouts. These workouts. Yeah. All right. So Judd's going to be the eyes and the ears on the ground here. And by the way, OTA for the uninitiated just stands for organized team activities. Yeah. I almost uh, need like a glossary here on the show for my, for my fiance saw that like headline on Twitter about Vikes. Oh, like they could do activities. Are they like going bowling and getting their yeah. nails done? It's like, um, they could be, I guess, off the field. They do but, go bowling, but, I think. But yeah. they, they will go bowling. bowling or do something fun or like a grill out. They did yeah. a cookout one time. Yeah. She's not wrong. Oh, that's right. The cookout. Yeah. She's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, okay. and but by the way, if you would like to find these in written form, vikingswire.com. Vikingswire.com. You can follow Exactly right. Fill out your bingo card right now because this was just posted this morning. But I'll begin with this one, and I think it is, I think it's arguably one of the most important things that is going to transfer into training camp and then ultimately the season, and it's this. This will start really Brian Flores' process of making this defense respectable. This is where he will begin to actually have drills with team drills where he can install things or the installation that's been done can be worked on. And make no mistake, there are a lot of things, I I think, now that players coming back, especially on the offensive side of the ball, know. Like, they're going to tweak things and they'll still work on a lot, but, you know... That part of it's not new now. It was a year ago. Brian Flores is running a 3-4 scheme like Ed Donatel did, but that's the end of the comparisons here. So you have a defensive side of the ball in which they are going to install and teach new things. And if this is as aggressive as defense as we expect, and I have no reason not to think it's going to be, this is going to be incredibly important to hit the ground running when training camp arrives, what's going to happen in these nine OTAs and then the three-day mandatory camp the Vikings are going to hold. I know this is unprecedented because this is Judd's four OT lines, uh, OTA storylines, okay? Mm-hmm. But within the first storyline, I actually have a ranking as well. It's <laughs> the three biggest differences between More the Brian Flores and Ed Donatel's Love defenses. It. Wow. Love it. So if I could, if I could yeah, of course. go down the side street with you here, okay? Yes. So first of all, like, what do we know? You kind of mentioned some of this. What do we know about Brian Flores' recent defenses in Miami? I, I don't really count Pittsburgh because he was, he was basically a consultant for Pittsburgh, and that's a, that's a Mike Tomlin thing. He was with Pittsburgh last year. But going back to the Miami defenses more specifically, he took the Dolphins from being one of the worst defenses in the NFL to the sixth best scoring defense in the second year. Also in that second year, the Dolphins allowed the second-fewest passing touchdowns and led the league in interceptions. So just a ferocious, chaotic pass defense. So the number one biggest difference between Flores and Donatel defenses, they're, so they're both 3-4 defenses, and that's pretty much, Judd, where the comparisons stop, right? Yes. Because one of them is much more of a, of a shell, sort of keep everything underneath you, conservative. The other one is let's wreak havoc. Let's party. And if we... Yep, let's party, let's baby. Party. And if we give up a big play, whatever, let's party again. So the number one difference, Flores loves to mix up coverages. According to Pro Football Focus in 2020, the Dolphins ranked second in coverage uniqueness. Ooh, love it. Yeah. Just throwing a bunch of different stuff at you. Yep. Coverage uniqueness. All right, number two, the second biggest difference, Flores defenses, as you said, are aggressive Loves to crowd the line of scrimmage, offer up confusing looks. Sometimes it'll be, sometimes it'll be jailbreak, cover zero. Everyone's coming. Sometimes it'll be bailing back into coverage. 
but it's about creating confusion and chaos. A lot of cover one, single high safety looks, safety middle of the field, corners playing man coverage. A lot of cover zero, which is no safety help over the top. Mm-hmm. And then number three, we've talked about this on the show, but the biggest difference between Flores and Donatel defenses, in my opinion, is the usage of safeties. So Miami blitzed their safeties over 200 times in 2021. By far the most in the NFL. Harrison Smith, traditionally pretty good at doing stuff like that, was basically told don't do that last year by Ed Donatel. Uh, Dolphins, here's another one. Dolphins safeties in 2020 played in the box on 250 more snaps than last year's Vikings safeties did. So they're just, it's safeties creeping up. It's yeah. chaos. Creating it's problems. Aggressiveness. And it's if we're gonna if we're gonna give up thirty points, let's let's go down swinging and make them earn it, as opposed to yes. death by paper cuts for seventeen games. So I think off of your points, I, I think Harrison Smith to me is going to pick up where he left off in the heyday of Zim's defense. He's probably a little bit slower now, but I don't expect him to have any problem. I've written down two names that I think are like two of the most important. But they're going to have to learn. Like, there's a lot. What, what you just said takes a lot of instinct, but also being at the right place. And and it's not just, you know, we're too deep safeties, so we're just deep. It's here you're coming up, here you're strong, here you're free. Um, the two names I've written down as being especially important, and we'll get to the cornerbacks, but that's a different thing. Lewis Seen, because he clearly was behind the eight ball coming out of the uh, off-season workouts a year ago for a reason, okay? And that has to be he didn't pick up on things quick enough. Lewis Seen and the other one that's absolutely huge, and we've talked about this because I think we're excited about the potential, but we don't know yet, Ryan Asamoah. That linebacker position he is going to play, I think is going to be incredibly important um, I think that he is going to be, I, I think in some ways, Seen and Asamoa are going to ideally mirror each other as hybrids in w- what you can do. And so just off the top, I think Asamoa and Seen are two of the most important fundamental p- people, uh, players that we can watch in these workouts and see how quickly it's clicking. I feel like they're pretty similar in size too, aren't they? I just want to see what the what the yeah. Vikings have there listed. Uh, I think you're right. All like right. Asamoa is listed at six foot two hundred twenty six pounds. I think Scene's bigger. Wow. Scene is six two two hundred pounds. Okay. So Asamoa has about twenty five pounds on on Scene, but you know, considering historically what the usual difference in weight and size is between a safety and a linebacker, I mean, you think about the EJ Hendersons. I mean, usually your linebackers are. 245, maybe 250. Sometimes you'll see dudes, you know, like the lumbering downhill run-stopping linebackers, but it's a different NFL. Different NFL. All right, the number two storyline. It is this, and keep in mind, these are voluntary practices, yet almost, almost everybody shows up, okay? Um, The players' contracts are structured like this. If you're there for a percentage of the actual workouts, and that starts with back in the spring or back a month plus ago with like the actual weight room phase one stuff. 
you, you get a bonus. But when it comes to these on-the-field OTAs, very, very, very few people skip unless it's excused or they're not happy. Will Daniil Hunter and Dalvin Cook attend OTAs? My Mm. guess is no on both, but I think it means something very different. I think in Dalvin's case, he's gone, and it's just a matter of time. We just don't know what the trigger is or the, the timing is. That could be just the June 1st to save more cap space. But I don't think we'll see Cook Cook here, and I don't think that we will see Cook again in a Vikings jersey. Daniil is a little bit more interesting because his presence, it's not that he won't learn this stuff, but his presence, in my opinion, is important because there's no way that Flores does not think in, in his mind that Daniil Hunter is going to play an absolutely huge role in the potential Success like they're like you're not saying well we'll just plug Wanham in and when you want Hunter here but that being said a new contract is almost certainly going to have to get done first so the Dalvin thing the Dalvin thing I believe is just a a situation that has to run its course the Daniel thing is far more intriguing nobody should panic until he's actually not here for the two day mini camp but that is one to keep an eye on. And again, it's voluntary, but OTAs, they they are voluntary in name. Everybody basically shows up for them. When is the the mini camp is in June, right? Yeah, I think it's the Early, 11th it's like and, in a couple weeks. 11th and 12th if I'm not mistaken. It's 2 days now, not 3. But I don't know that that represents a solid enough deadline to get a deal done cuz okay, you're going to find me a couple bucks for missing mandatory mini camp. To me training camp is the real deadline for a contract, so Unless both sides are a lot closer and are playing ball and there's no issues, maybe they do get a deal done in the next two weeks before the mandatory minicamp. But I wouldn't be shocked if you didn't see Daniil at all in the next two or three weeks. And the next time you saw him was training camp. Would not shock me. Dex, you going to say something? I was going to say that it. I would like for him to show up. And I feel like once they eventually move on from Dalvin Cook, that you're going to hopefully allocate some of that money to obviously make Daniil Hunter happy. I think that's kind of the first thought when you see $20 million potentially in cap space after the the, the Dalvin Cook uh, cut or trade, whatever is going to happen there. But yeah, you got to, I think now at this point, keep him happy. The fact you moved on from Zadarius Smith, I think signify, uh, basically signals that they're going to build around Daniil Hunter still, and they should, and how they structure that contract is very important. But I'm with you. I, I don't think we'll see him probably until minicamp or most likely training camp. I believe when his contract got reworked, uh, he, he didn't get a new contract, but he got more upfront cash at the time. I believe that was 21, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he okay. he signed that extension right before the June minicamp began. Because teams do like you there for, for yeah. that. Because then you got to find the, the guy, and obviously it can be forgiven as well. But, um, yeah, I'm just curious about that. The OTAs, I don't expect him, but that is a story. Like, when he's not, not here now, that becomes a story. Because, again, we can talk about, it's voluntary. That, no, guys show up. If guys are happy, satisfied with their contract, they show up. You know, uh, old Macadac is happy and satisfied with his supplement routine, which is now uh, just one thing, really. Athletic Greens, AG1. I discovered Athletic Greens about six years ago or so. It's funny, I I ran into, I was doing a podcast interview with Ryan Saunders, like, five years ago, six years ago, and I walked into his office at the Wolves training facility, and we're both holding a green drink like you see on the YouTube channel. 
And I, he's like, uh, Athletic Greens? I'm like, you damn right. Cheers. <laughs> Bottoms up. It's like nutritional insurance to start your day. 75 high-quality ingredients that give me important daily nutrients. One scooped mixed with your water in the morning or maybe even middle of the day if you want to do the so the afternoon boost, brain fog, energy levels heightened, etc. Helps with your gut health as well. It's like nutritional insurance to start your day. And boy, could I use it uh, every once in a while. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash purpledaily, athleticgreens.com slash purpledaily. We also welcome our friends, Finch Home Solutions. Welcome back. Back to Purple Daily. We love spreading the word. Look at the Finch Mobile. The Finch Mobile. That is, does that not remind you? I probably can't say the team name. Does that not remind you of a certain team in in this town? Uh, Let's see. Is it the Twins? No, 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 no. It's not that. Yes, that's right. Finch Home Solutions. Welcome back. And look, they are your answer for all electrical work that you need done. Installations at home. Repair any other Services. It's springtime, right? So you perhaps are getting some storm damage and electrical work at your house. It needs to be done. Finch can fix it. Take it from me. That's right. Judd used Finch because he had some lights in his basement that were not working, and Judd doesn't know how to fix a damn thing. Finch how came over. How many Zolgads does it yeah. take to change a light bulb? Uh, zero, because we don't even try. Finch. We don't even try exactly right. Uh, Cody and his team, they are fast. They are efficient. They are courteous. And as you saw from, from their trucks, they will talk about the local football team with, with you as much as as. You want, they are big fans of PD as well. Go to FinchHomeSolutions.com, fill out an easy form, and get things going. FinchHomeSolutions.com, 612-357-2604, 612-357-2604. Cody and his team at Finch Home Solutions will take care of any electrical work at your home. All right, back to the OTA storylines. The second half here of Judd's biggest OTA storyline. So I feel like there's competitions here at certain places. Not a lot of offensive competitions, probably defensive lines, some interior competitions to a certain point. Um, So I don't want to say that there aren't jobs open, but my third talking point is the biggest competition, and that is let the cornerback competition be commence let it begin because this is where it's going to start baby this is where it's going to start here's what we know uh marquee free agent signing byron murphy jr from the cardinals is going to play outside and base and move inside to replace the departed and ill and ineffective shandon sullivan and nickel and after that it's a free-for-all it is a free-for-all in nickel who's going to play on the outside you've got a few guys here. I think the ones to focus on, though, and I think the most likely scenario is two of these guys are going to end up playing. 2022 draft picks Andrew Booth Jr. and or a Caleb Evans and 2023 pick Makai Blackman. And let me tell you, and we've talked about this, the Blackman potential, and I know he's going to be a rookie, intrigues me because of this, you guys. Booth and Evans were drafted pre-Flores. There is no way that Flores didn't have a big say in the drafting of black men, right? Like he obviously watched a ton of film, identified a guy. And so Blackman comes here with the 
I would guess, Flores' stamp of approval on him. But this, to me, is going to be, and it's probably going to be a competition that goes well into training camp. This, to me, is the most interesting thing. And if you don't get this right, it's a real problem. So let the cornerback competition begin. So it's so fascinating. The Vikings, so they got, in terms of, I'll, I'll expand this to defensive backs because there's a couple interesting names mm-hmm. uh, that, like Cam Bynum is a safety, but Cam Bynum also played a ton of cornerback in college at Cal. And some of these guys could be used as hybrids the way that Brian Flores loves to bring guys up to the line of scrimmage. You might wind up, whether you're a safety or a defensive back, you might wind up covering a wide receiver or a tight end in man-to-man coverage. So a lot of these positions get blurred when you do cover one, cover zero looks, right? So you got Harrison Smith, who's about 50 years old, and he's the he's the Sherpa hey, of the defensive back room. Listen, you other snappers, <laughs> I'm going to teach you something. And then everyone you just mentioned and some names you didn't that are going to be in the mix are all 25 or younger. Byron Murphy Jr., 25 years old. Makai Blackman, actually older. He's 24. <laughs> which yeah, that's an, If, if Makai Blackman were like 21 years old, I might say, hey, he probably settles in. Dude, he's two years older than Andrew Booth Jr., or a year and a half older. Andrew Booth Jr., 22. Caleb Evans, 23. Jay Ward, LSU. Yep. Kind of a hybrid defensive back, slot, cornerback. I don't know what they're going to do with him. 22 years old. And then Josh Metellus, special teams ace, but has gotten some run. I'd throw him in the mix just as a guy that could be an – I don't think he's going to start but uh, at safety. But you got 25-year-old Metellus, 24-year-old Bynum, 23-year-old Scene. It's a room of kids. It's Harrison Smith and a bunch of kids fighting for all these defensive back spots. And uh, to have another adult in the room in Brian Flores is going to be so interesting. But I think you know the fact that Makai Blackman played five years of Power 5 college football, four years at Colorado, he, st- he started only 14 games his last two years, some injuries, but uh, then, then played 14 games for USC. The guy comes in with a ton of Power 5 college experience. So my guess is when Judd pulls out the field goggles, the field glasses, the binocs, and he looks at the secondary field, and he sees the Vikings starting defense for the first OTA fan out in 11-on-11. I think you're going to see in nickel, Byron Murphy in the slot, Makai Blackman, and Andrew Booth Jr. as your starting outside corners. That's that's what I think the odds would suggest. But Caleb Evans, don't sleep on him. Didn't they trade up for him? They liked yeah, him I think in they that did. draft. I think they did. And And he and Booth have to prove, at least one of them, they can stay healthy. So very, very, I, I agree. There's going to be a lot of fun one-on-one matchups. You're going to get, all these guys are going to get paired up. To me, the one-on-one cornerback receiver matchup drills in, oh, in OTAs and training camps, know. those are so much I'll, fun. I'll be They're very there. telling. Oh, check the score on Instagram accounts. Let's go. Let's go. All right, and then the, the fourth OTA storyline. The fourth one, offensive side of the ball. Kevin O'Connell begins his First season coaching in quotes, air quotes, his offense. Okay. So he did it the best that he possibly could and had success. But if you think back to it, the changes the Vikings have made, and they're they're not huge, but the changes that the Vikings have made in the past few months since the season came to an end indicate a couple of very important pieces to, to the puzzle that didn't exist in 2022. The first one, Jordan Addison. And look, I think I think O'Connell thought 
feeling it's going to be great, right? But he was hobbled. He had lost speed. Addison is going to give you all of the things. And I'm not saying he's going to be as polished, okay? So I'm not trying to say he's immediately more polished. But he's going to give you the athletic ability that Thielen couldn't. And when you think about what that means to one player, Justin Jefferson, and to a certain degree, Cousins, it's going to open or it should open things up a lot more. That's something that I would say halfway through last year, you basically said, we can't do some things that we would like to do because 19 is hurt and or slowed down. All right. Yeah. That's one important one. But I'm going to give you a second one as well that we're probably sleeping on because it's not sexy. But it's equally as important for personnel usage and groupings. John Oliver coming from the Ravens, the tight end. Uh, Josh. Let's Josh Oliver. I'm sorry, Josh. A great blocking I'm sorry. tight end's name. I knew okay. I was going to mess his name up. I'd like to apologize to him right now because I shouldn't have done that. See, I w- I've been sleeping on Josh as well. But he his presence, one, I think he can catch. I'm not saying he's great, but I think he can catch better than we are giving him credit for. But more importantly, he also provides you the opportunity now to use two tight ends in formation. But TJ Hawkinson is basically a hybrid receiver. So now you can do a ton of different things. And I'm going to tell you right now why I think OTA's mini camp are so important here. When training camp starts, teams basically, they run a bunch of stuff in, in training camp practices. But because they're open to the public, they don't get, for those practices, nearly as creative consistently. Because if they do, it's going to get back because a ton of fans see it, we see it. And Mm -hmm. so, therefore, things get back to different teams because this sounds crazy, but each team basically has an intern type going through, combing through film that's sent out by reporters and or stories. So, right now... They're going to work on things that they might work on occasionally in closed practices, but it's opened up more where there is a freedom. So all I'm saying is that this is the first, in my opinion, the first season that O'Connell is going to go into with what he considers to be his offense. And it's going to be, in, I think, more opened up to a certain point. And there are going to be differences that might seem small, but are going to be huge as far as trying to confuse opponents. Well, from a cousin's perspective, it does drive me crazy over the years when people bring up the excuse list, right? Well, you know, Washington, or well, look at look at the offensive line here, or, look at the defense over there. It's like, okay, well, at, at yes, at the end of the day, you're going to have imperfections across the team. You're going to have coaching turnover. I mean, it's it's a reality for most players in the NFL, not named Tom Brady, who are just got to play in the same offensive system for years. Or if you're a Peyton Manning or a Brett Favre, you're so good that you just get to bring your offense with you and they just install it. Remember, Peyton Manning goes to the Broncos and they're like, all right, Peyton, what are we running? Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, I'm just going to call it, I'm going to call it the line of scrimmage. So, yes, there's going to be some things that, you know, there's going to be turnover and things that are excuses and I, and I get that. But it drives me, usually drives me nuts because if you're good enough as a quarterback, your team will get to the, conference championship once in 10 years and to this point Kirk Cousins teams have come nowhere near getting to the conference championship however if you look at the things that are on your list here like the things that that are going Kirk's way for instance the full system for a second year he gets literally the full system 
with the same starting offensive lineman, great weapons, everything is coming back. Uh-huh. 11 out of 12 offensive linemen coming back for this team, which trickles down to the rest of the room that, hey, if you have a backup, and I had a chance, I was telling you guys off mic, I had a chance to talk to Chris Reed, just kind of a random, I ran into Chris Reed for 15 minutes late last week, and uh, he was the backup interior offensive lineman that came in in the middle of a game against Green Bay on the road because Bradbury went down and then uh, Schlotman went down. It's like, all right, you're uh, you're starting at center now or you're playing center, mm-hmm. figure it out, right? Stuff like that. And he was telling me, because he got clowned a little bit, you know, he, he botched like three or four yeah, snaps. He got He's clowned like, by you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and I, we had a good conversation. It was good. He didn't, didn't take too much you offense. You son of a... <laughs> but he was saying... The things that happened in that game, for instance, like none of it happened the next week against Chicago because I was more used to it. Now I could go play center in a game, things like that. People being in a system, hearing code words for the first time, yes, understanding, okay, uh, when a defense gives us this look and we're going to run this play, here's how we need to communicate with each other. I think having 11 of 12 offensive linemen returning is a big deal. Having your weapons returning for the most part is a big deal. So it is something that, Kirk Cousins has had a lot of change and turnover in his career, and this is the most stable you're probably ever going to get in the NFL, all of these things returning for for a second season. So we'll mm-hmm. see. 12 personnel. Watch for it. Be aware. Be football personnel aware. Be aware. 12 personnel. You're going to run it a lot more this season, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there it is. Judd's list of four OTA storylines. You can read them in written form at vikingswire.com as well where Judd's written Vikings work lives on a regular basis. Um, Before we get to some interesting new analytics that have come out from ESPN, any other thoughts on OTAs, anything? I feel like there's a lot of people that have discovered Purple Daily since last offseason. So for anyone kind of wondering, oh, boy, I I checked out around the draft or I checked out around free agency, OTAs and minicams, I've never followed that as a fan. What would you say to those fans that, you're missing out. Yeah. You're missing out. It's great fun. The season, the great thing is they that this league clearly plays the fewest games of professional sports, but it never ends. It never ends. And for the most part, it's fun stuff. Like it's not they they make they have found a way to make the schedule release fun. So yes. I I would say that if you are for the first time, you know, or went into the uh, into March or February, thinking, "Ah, oh, the season's done now till September." Oh no, no, no! The off season is is really not off. It's big time fun. I would say the other thing though that is going to be fun to watch for is the backup QBs. Oh yeah, and just to see just to see O'Connell on a daily basis, at least when we're allowed in, work with Hall because I think there's going to be. Yeah. I think there was probably a decision made on Kellen Mond fairly quickly. This ain't it. Um, yeah, I would well, exp- very very clearly. Yeah, yeah I would <laughs> expect that the conversations and that the work done with Hall will be extremely different than what we probably saw a year ago with Kellen Mond. Yeah, I think yeah, him versus Nick Mullins for QB two. I think that is a legitimate fun storyline to watch here. I mean, Nick Mullins is a super, is a capable backup who started games in the NFL in very propped up systems, but if Hall can show he can beat out Nick Mullins. That I mean that would be an impressive first step that wait a minute, this isn't just a flyer QB. This this there's a succession plan that's probably actually in place. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I love your the, the personnel groupings thing. I don't know how much they're going to reveal in these practices, but we might get a sense. So the, the first year of O'Connell, I don't have the data on where they ranked running 11 personnel, but that was the thing. He The Rams yeah. had run more 11 personnel, which is a, a receiver, a tight end, and or I'm sorry, a running back, a tight end, and three wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But it feels like they're maybe moving more toward the San Francisco style of things, which is okay. Let's let's get a little little heavier here. Mm-hmm. So San Fran, I have data from two years ago in San Francisco. They ran by far the most twenty one personnel, which is kind of a technicality. That's Debo, two running right? backs, a tight end. And and sometimes does Debo get classified as a running back? Does Use Check get classified as a running back? It's kind of hard to to tell sometimes with San Francisco. But could the Vikings run more twelve personnel, like you said, which is one running back, two tight ends, Josh Oliver and T.J. Hawkinson? But really, Hawkinson's a wide receiver in that sense. Yep. Just it, they they can blur the lines here with personnel groupings and be more uh, more tricky, I guess. So. Uh, but again, I don't know how much you're going to be able to glean from from some of that stuff during the OTAs and mini camps. We'll find out starting tomorrow. I'm very curious about this. One is, I, I think, rightfully so. I think the entire end game here is what can we do to make Justin Jefferson as dangerous as possible, which I love. And the running game too was not very good last year. Correct. So how can you how can you unleash a running game? You know, I think people went a little too far, including the Vikings, and we got to get away from this Zimmer old school, run the ball first, second. You know, you can't just not run the football. Well, you see what happens when, and when Delvin, you get too pass happy. And Delvin just flat out didn't really have the underlying metrics, rightfully so, said he didn't have a great year. And, and you cannot have, look, the offensive line can run block, okay? And the offensive line that we saw in 2022 was not a train wreck. You cannot lose two yards here, get a yard there, lose a yard here. And and eventually, if you go for 58, that's not the plan. Like, as O'Connell said, I think at the Combine, what we want to be in is second five. Second five opens up a ton of things. Second and 11, you're very, it's very predictable. And mm-hmm. so I think the thing with Cook is, yes, he's he was or stands to be paid too much, and that becomes a problem. But this is also on-field performance. And I felt that, that the advanced metrics and also the eye test on Cook told a story of a guy who has basically lost his fastball. And, and you don't need – Madison doesn't need to rush for a, tons of yards, but can you get five yards? Because if you can get five yards on first down, you're now put yeah. yourself, your team in a position to now unleash Jefferson more. That's the thing is how can you play, how how can the offense actually within itself play complementary football? That's what you want. Oh, complementary football. I mean, complementary football is not really that, but I'm, t- I'm saying right now, how can the run game complement the pass game? I like where you're going here, Judd. I like where your mind's at. I'm giving this a lot of, lot of springtime work. Right up here yeah. in the old noggin. You know, if uh, if you're still, maybe you're a fan out there, maybe you're still not ready to fully engage because you're still just pissed about the playoff loss. Some throttle therapy could be for you. Thanks to our friends at Power Lodge and Miller Marine. Power Lodge, the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer. Locations in Brainerd, Anemia, and Ramsey, Miller Marine, and St. Cloud. 
Oh, these Bennington pontoons. Look, as on the YouTube channel, you see Judd leaning forward here, yep. tapping on the screen. Gone yes, gray. Or the model that is uh, replacing Judd, anyways. In fact, you know what? Take us with you. That's right. Take us. So, so like you say to yourself, you know what? What went on at OTAs? But I, I would like to relax. Take the Bennington out. Put on Purple Daily. Blast it because everyone wants to hear it. So relax and also at the same time, get your Mackie, Judd, and Declan Phil. That, my friends, is what I call summertime throttle therapy. That's right. You know, all these people who take their boats and pontoons out on like Lake Minnetonka and they're, they're cranking Tay-Tay, they're cranking country music. Why don't you, why don't you crank uh, some Purple yep. Daily? Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Out on the lake. MillerMarine.com and PowerLodge.com. Also a shout out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, helping business owners maximize their level of success with risk management tools and resources. It's like having a great offensive line to protect your quarterback. Also, Federated, working very closely with next-generation business owners. Maybe you're taking over a company from your family. It's a second, third-generation business. Federated is here to help you with that. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, I have for you guys from ESPN.com, we have the Football Power oh, Index. Yes. Get those yeah. <laughs> the, an analytical look and projection for the 2023 football season here. So I'll just give you some data points. The Minnesota Vikings are projected to win 8.6 games per the Football Power Index. Yep, yep that makes sense. So maybe maybe round up to so nine. their their projected record is eight point six and eight point four. So nine. So nine and nine eight. wins. Yep. Yep. They have a fifty two percent chance to make the playoffs. By the way, the Lions projected to go nine and a half wins, so they're like a full mm-hmm. win ahead of the Vikings, and a sixty five percent chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Where are the Packers at? Two wins. Two point <laughs> three wins. Two and a half. Yeah. One point Packers seven at wins. seven and a half. Bears at uh, five something. Eight. Eight. Bears at eight. What? Wow. So everyone kind of lumped between like seven and nine wins. Interesting on the Bears. Okay then. Yeah. Well, I mean the Bears have Smarter, they've added some greater minds than they've mine. Got some weapons. They do. They they got weapons. And then the Vikings have a twenty nine percent chance to win the division. A thirteen percent chance to make the NFC Championship game. Hmm. A six percent chance to make the Super Bowl, and a two point three percent chance to win the Super Bowl. That all seems very Thoughts. fair. That seems incredibly fair. Coin flip to make the playoffs. Yeah, you said six percent to get to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and eleven percent for the title game. So one in every ten Thir- times. 13. Thirteen. Okay, 13. a little bit more than one in every ten yeah. times that they get to the NFC title game. I mean, thank God. Historically, in the NFC. that's pretty much what it is. That's yeah, right. true. Um, thank God they're in the NFC. If they're in the AFC, this is just a gauntlet. The NFC is still, I think, in my opinion, just so It's a wagon, open. Declan. Mm-hmm. As the kids say, it's a wagon if they're in, in that conference. 
So the I'll go go through the, the the teams that have the best chance to win the Super Bowl in order: Eagles fourteen percent, Chiefs thirteen percent, Niners eleven percent. Not knowing who their quarterback is, too. God, that's crazy. I know. So much trust. Bills and Bengals both at 9%. Cowboys at 7%. Lions at 4%. Jets 4%. Ravens, Dolphins, Chargers, Jaguars all at 3%. Don't you guys think, and look, San Fran is a really well-run team. And I totally get the um, the betting and national confidence in the Niners. Don't you guys feel like they could sort of go 2022 Rams? I, I just, I mean, Sam Darnold might be your quarterback now. And and I don't. The roster's too good. And now we're here in that, tra- you know, Trey Lance has fixed his throwing motion, which is always the indicator that you're screwed because there is that always, you know, in practice we've worked on his throwing motion, and you know what, game start and guys panic and go back to, to their old mechanics. I I don't know. I just feel like there's, I feel like there is a just a weird path in which, with the way he plays, D- Debo gets hurt early and is lost for an extended period of time. McCaffrey eventually just starts to drop off a little bit. Uh, but if Sam Darnold is your quarterback, I mean, he can he can submarine a one car funeral. I, I I don't know. I just I might be totally wrong. But they've run. They ran out the last pick in the draft last year. I know, but it's that, not like it's not like Brock Purdy is Tom Brady. I, they just I know put him in an awesome car and it, and it drives. It's like a Tesla or something. It's like you, <laughs> they just sit there and it'll. It's a self-driving. The, the Niners have a self-driving vehicle. And every once in a while, a, just te- a don't Tesla do anything stupid in the car. The center line, and something bad happens, and somebody dies. Okay, I'm just right. Well, that's and that's what happened feel, to the Niners against the Eagles. I yes. just feel like the Niners might be in for that type of fall, not for an extended I, period. I, I agree. Like, there's always a team or two. So you guys both think that the well, Niners are overhyped. Well, football rosters just eventually they erode. Like they've had a good roster for six years, no doubt. One of the best. I shouldn't say just good. A great roster for the last like what five six years, and eventually that cliff is going to happen. Like eventually they're going to fall oh. off a cliff. Those players get older, they get slower. League changes, injuries happen too. I think I think they're going to come down a little bit. And I do feel like the Brock Purdy thing almost creates a false sense of confidence now of, well, if they can do it with him, it's going to, it's going to happen with anyone they plug in. Brock Purdy might've been a shining star or I I should say, I correct myself, a shooting star. He might've been a shooting star. I just, I don't know. There's always a couple of teams that go off a cliff Mm -hmm. and I'm not predicting this yet, but I just, I feel like our, our confidence that San Fran is going to be fine might be ill ill advised. I mean, hell, I didn't think that the Rams were, were going to go in the toilet, but guys got hurt and guys also aged out a little bit. I think that it's funny because I actually think the Niners had a better roster two years ago than the Rams did, but the Rams just wind up sure. going further because it's football sometimes. So I agree with you guys in that it, you're tempting fate and maybe maybe a little too full of yourself if you're going to go into the season with Sam Darnold as your starting quarterback. but. We shall see. All right, there's your daily Vikings fix here. Yes, even in May, June, and July, we are here every single day serving up daily Vikings entertainment, Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.